Well, good morning, everybody. How are we? Are we all well? That's that's good. It's good to be back in the house. I was away last weekend, um, and uh, whenever whenever I'm away, I always I always miss home. This is home, isn't it? For most, for many of us in here, this is this is home. And again, if you're new uh, at Hope Church this morning, it's your first time with us. We're so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. You don't know how glad we are that you're here. And I'll tell you why we're glad we're here, because we've been praying for you before you even got here. And so we're so pleased that, that you've decided and chosen to come into God's house this morning. And, and I'm just going to share a little bit this morning, if that's okay with you. Um, welcome. I, I just I want to make a special welcome, actually. It's a bit biased, this one, to be perfectly honest with you. But actually, uh, my daughter, who's been in Australia for eight, eight months... She came back on Friday evening. We didn't know she was coming back. She came back on Friday. And this is the first time she's been in our church this morning. This is my daughter, Emma, over there. Oh, she's getting a bit upset and emotional. She'll, she'll tell me off later on. You're all right. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's moving. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. So, this morning, what do I want to talk to you about? Well, I want to talk to you about something that sometimes can be difficult, I guess, in our lives. Um, and I want to talk to you about sacrifice. Sacrifice is something, I guess, that all of us at some point in our lives will have done. We'll have sacrificed something or something, uh, or maybe somebody, uh, for, for, for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, over the course of your time here on earth. And... For us as parents, we often sacrifice for our children, don't we? In fact, it's, a, it's an ongoing, um, what's the word I should say, uh, cost. Uh, it's an ongoing tribulation. It's a, <laughs> it can be an ongoing, an ongoing desperation. But actually, um, for me, uh, for Lorraine, you know, a lot of our sacrifice and time has gone into our children. For everybody else, it, it may be something different. Sacrifice, the dictionary says, it defines sacrifice as giving something up. Giving something up. And I wonder what you and I have, over the years, have given up. Could be many, many things. I'm going to go through a few things in a bit as well, just to kind of encourage you. But, you know, often... Sacrifice involves, or say often, it's not just often, it's all the time. Sacrifice involves letting go of something that you want to keep hold of. How difficult, I've spoken to people even this week who said, you know what, Tony, I get it. I see Jesus. I see what he did for mankind. I see the creation. I see what he did in the Bible. I see all of that, but the problem I've got, Tony, is simply this. I, I'm fearful of letting go of this. Hey, I'm the same. I'm fearful of letting go of this. It, it, it's dear to my heart. It's dear to my humanity. It's dear to my flesh. And, and I'm scared of letting it go because actually I enjoy it. It's something I enjoy. And you don't want to let go. You're scared to let go. And I understand that. I do. I understand it. I've been there 
done that, worn the T-shirt, and I'm still doing so even today. So I want to give you some examples of sacrifice over the, over the years. We can, of course, think about the, the great men and women of the wars. How many millions of people, men and women, children, have sacrificed their lives for, for our liberty, for our freedom, that we can be here today? There's millions of them, isn't there? There'll be so many people today that are still living on the earth that sent their loved ones out and they never came back. And I'm fortunate in some ways to be part of a generation that just missed it and never saw it. But there'll be people in here this morning who are a little bit older than me that will know all about it. They'll know all about children, youth. You don't know about these rationing times. You don't understand the sacrifice that had to be made. That people would go out, young men and young women would go out to war not knowing if they'd come back. What a sacrifice, don't you think? And what about the martyrs for the kingdom? The martyrs for the kingdom. I, I may be wrong, but it was it that none of the apostles died of natural peaceful sleep. They were all martyred. They were all murdered. Is that right? Am I, am I right there? Have we got that right? They, jo, sorry? John, I, thought, I, I was thinking, that's why I was saying that. I was thinking that there was one that maybe didn't. You're right, brother. Thank you. John was the only one that didn't. But the others, they all lost their lives. For what? For Jesus Christ and for faith and hope in the resurrection and in the life to come. That was their sacrifice. They laid it all down. I remember when I was a kid, most of you in here will know that uh, I was adopted when I was a young boy at the age of three. And um, my mother and father already had a little boy, Eddie, and then they were told they couldn't have children, so they decided to adopt me and my twin brother. Why would you do that? Why would you want to adopt two brats when you've already got one? Why would you want to double up on it with the cost, the sleepless nights, the, the angel boys? Why would you want to do that? It doesn't make sense. God spoke and they were obedient to what God told them. And when they'd had us two, they went on to have another two girls. What a sacrifice. They could have had one child and thought, that's great, we'll just have the one child for the rest of our days. Not too much trouble, not too much money, not too many emotions, etc., etc., and life will be easy. They ended up with five. Five. What a sacrifice. I think back even just a few years ago, maybe even last year, when there was a group of men and women, mainly in their 80s, who used to meet in this chapel next door. And because they recognized that it was time, in their 80s, it was time to move on, they sacrificed that building and this building for me and you. These are people in their 80s. What a sacrifice. 
These are people who are in their 80s who have had to get up and go and find other churches in their 80s. But they wanted the gospel of Jesus Christ to be continued to be preached in this building forever and a day. And so in order for that to happen and to facilitate that, they said, you have it. What a sacrifice. I know many people in our church who have sacrificed so much over the years. I can think of one couple, actually, that basically have sacrificed everything. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. They're all in. There's, no, there's nothing left back. They are all in. They've sacrificed everything. There is nowhere else to go. There's no sacrifice left for them apart from the ongoing sacrifice and debt of keeping on loving and being around people and just being sold out for Jesus Christ. That's all they've got left. They haven't even got a home left. They put their hands up and said, that's it, we're all in. What a sacrifice. Romans chapter 3, verse 25 to 26 says this. I hope I brought my glasses with me. You know what I'm like when I'm preaching and I forget my glasses. I can't, oh, they're on the floor. There we go. They're not even my glasses. I've lost mine. They're the wives. So don't laugh at the girly glasses. And so, Romans... Chapter 3. I want to talk to you this morning. These are sacrifices that I've spoken to you about, which are great sacrifices and earthly sacrifices. But I want to speak to you this morning about the greatest sacrifice that ever took place and ever will take place. And we're going to read about it in Scripture. Romans 3, 25 to 26 says this. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. For all have sinned, and we fall short of the glory of God. And so God presented Christ as a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, you will read, and Barry spoke about this brilliantly a number of weeks ago. In the Old Testament, you will read that that the sacrifice for sins of the whole community of Israel was done by the shedding of blood through animals. Animals. And though they couldn't actually cover their sins through the sprinkling, in the sense of being able to be born again and be filled with the Holy Spirit and having their bodies and their hearts and minds washed 
with the Holy Spirit, it was a sufficiency that God said, okay, you sacrifice the animals and I'll forgive. And so by sacrificing all kinds of different animals, the whole tribe of Israel would be forgiven. But God said, but you know what? That's not enough. Because they, the whole community of Israel and, and before the death of Christ, I need to do something about it. I need to cover that. So what did he do? He sent his son. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, it says, But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice. This isn't big enough, this stand. Our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. And so what happened is that Jesus went to the cross. He, could, he, he ascended. He, sorry, he, he rose again on the third day and then he ascended. And now he sat at the right hand of the Father. And one of the things that many people say to me is when they're talking about belief and faith, they say, but I can't see him. He's not there. He's not physically there. But he had to go to sit at the right hand of the Father. He couldn't remain. He had to go. And the reason he had to go is to petition for me and for you and for our sins and for our misdemeanors because he sat at the right hand of the Father and he's saying, Father, but look at Tony. Look at that wretched man. That pitiful poor man. That man who has just, just made a mess of his life. Will you not intercede for him? Will you not do something for him? Will you not save him? Yes, son, I will because of your sacrifice on the cross. You know, I mentioned before that Oh, it says Happy New Year. Does it say Happy New Year up there, on there? Oh, there you go. Happy New Year to everybody. There we go. I've lost my thread now. I know how difficult it is to sacrifice something. I know how difficult it is to let go of something. And actually, so did Jesus. So did Jesus. Jesus said, didn't he? Didn't he? he said, if it be possible, let this cup be taken from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will, Father. So Jesus was, he, he was all for letting it go. He was all for letting it go away. If it could have been possible, he would have withheld this sacrifice. And it might be this morning that for you two, you might be saying, Tony, I want to give it all to Jesus. I want to be all in. But I just, I just want to hold on. Well, Jesus knows that you want to hold on. He feels you're holding on. 
But all he wants you to do is say, just trust in me, let it go, and I'll do what you want me to do, Father, not what I want to continue doing. You see, when you surrender everything, and I mean everything to Jesus, you gain everything. Let's read in Mark chapter 15. Mark's Gospel, chapter 15. And I'm going to read a few verses here. From 16 to 28, if you've got your Bibles with you, it's good if you have. If not, it'll come up on the screen here. Mark chapter 15, 16 to 28. So we'll start at verse 15. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace that is the praetorium and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and they spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander, and Rufus was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written Notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him amongst themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. So Pilate wanted to satisfy the crowd, eh? Who do you want to satisfy? Who do I want to satisfy? Who do you want to keep in your group and in your, your little mix to satisfy? so that Jesus is just kept on the outskirts. 
It could have been just one soldier, couldn't it? It could have been one soldier. One soldier would have been sufficient to give him a kick in. One soldier would have been sufficient to have spat on him, to have mocked him. No, not one soldier. The whole company came. The whole company came. They made sure they did a good job of it. All of them, kicking, beating, whipping. The lot of them, the whole lot of them. Not just one, all of them. And so he surrendered. They nailed him to the cross. And he surrendered his life. He didn't leave nothing behind. He gave everything. God wants to say to you this morning, what are you holding back that you need to sacrifice to the cross this morning? Jesus sacrificed everything for you and for me. So, I want to give you some thoughts. I'm going to get Ayo to help me on this. The blood that Jesus shed as he was being beaten and whipped and then the nails were being banged into his feet and into his hands, that blood was the all-sufficiency for you and me. Nothing else was required but that one sacrifice. That one sacrifice, if you think about that one sacrifice and what it encompassed and how many souls it has since set free. Amazing. That's why we sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm going to uh, ask I.O. Yeah, it's there. Uh, I don't know where to put this, to be honest with you. Oh, no, I.O., sorry, it's behind there. Sorry, it's not, it's behind there. <laughs> and so here's the cross. Can everyone see that at the back? Can we put that against the wall at the back? Can everyone see that? Can everybody see it? Right. There may be things in your world this morning that you've got to sacrifice and you've got to nail them to the cross. There are things in my life this morning that I've got to nail and sacrifice and nail them to the cross. So I'm going to go through a few and see if you can resonate with any of these this morning. And if it comes up, as I always knocking them into the cross... You knock your issues and your problems and your troubles and whatever it may be into the cross so that from tomorrow it's gone, it's finished with, it's done. There's no more. You've got to nail it to the cross. So the first one, 
The first one is one I've had experience of in the last day or two. Can everybody read that? Offence. Offence. Anybody here ever been offended by somebody? Anybody at this moment in time being offended by somebody? I was offended greatly on Friday by my boss at work. And I've been carrying that offence around with me all weekend. Until last night when I was praying and I said, Lord, how can I go to my friends and my brothers and sisters at church and ask them to nail stuff to the cross if I don't nail it to the cross as well? So I'm going to nail this to the cross today so that when I go in work tomorrow, it's forgotten about. I won't have it in my mind. I'll have forgiven the guy and we move on. Let's nail that one, Ayo. Unforgiveness. Are you harboring unforgiveness this morning, church? Is there somebody... Who, who has done you wrong and you're struggling to forgive them. Nail it to the cross this morning, church. Short temper. Anybody have short tempers in here? I've thank, Hey, Phil, bless you, brother. That, that, that is fantastic. That is being humble, Phil. I wasn't really asking people to put their hands up, but what an example. What an example, brother. Thank you. And I'm going to put my hand up with him as well because in the last few, few weeks, because of the pressures and the stresses of work, I've found myself becoming short-tempered. Do you, are you short-tempered? Get it nailed to the cross. Anger. Are you, in, are you finding yourself angry this morning? Are you an angry person? You just can't find that peace. And everything about you is angry. You're angry about your family, your job, whatever it might be. Nail it to the cross. There's a few. There must be some here that, that resonates with you. There must be. Mental health. What two fantastic words that were spoken last week about mental health. If you've not heard them sermons, get online and listen to them. They were revelationary and they will break through in your hearts and in your minds. Mental health, got mental health problems, can't break through, nail it to the cross. Bitterness. Are you bitter this morning? Have you got resentment? Is there something you just can't shake off from the past that is causing you to be a bitter person? Nail it to the cross. Hurt. Are you hurt this morning? Has somebody hurt you? Have you hurt somebody else? Is it laboring in your mind and in your spirit and you can't get rid of it? Take it to the cross. Rejection. A massive one. Rejection. Are you feeling rejected this morning? It might be by your family. It might be that you're adopted. It might be that you want to know who your real parents are and you can't find out. It might be that your family, you know who your family are, but they've rejected you or caused you 
to be hurt and resentful and you're not speaking to them anymore. It could be anything. Are you feeling rejected this morning? Nail it to the cross. I'm carrying on, church. I'm carrying on. I've got enough. got quite a few of them. Addiction. Oh, big one. Addiction. Are you addicted to something and you can't just quite get rid of it? You've tried everything, but it's just not worked. Nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. I, I have got experience of this. Nail it to the cross. This is a massive one that we don't talk much about in church these days, but I'm getting out there because it's the truth. Lust. The lust of the flesh. The lust for, for, for women if you're a man. The lust for man if you're a woman. The lust for either or. Is that a problem to you this morning? Is that something that you've had an issue with for many days, many months? You can't quite shake it off. You might even be taking counselling about it. I don't know. But I do know where you can take it. And I do know where you can get it sorted out. And I do know where these healing streams that will wash it away and make sure that from today you no longer have lust. Jesus said, even if you look at another person, you've committed adultery. If I was to stand here and tell you my testimony from years and years ago, that would be me. Let's nail it to the cross. Shame. Are you ashamed of something? Are you ashamed of something you've done? Are you ashamed of your past? Jesus says, take it to the cross. And I'll wait, wipe that shame away. You'll no longer feel shameful. Nail it to that cross. Have we got any more room, Ayo? I'll do a couple more, then I'll shout the other ones out. Here's a good one. Guilt. You feel condemned. You feel guilty about the things that you've done. Inside your heart and inside your mind and inside your soul, you are so dark. And you do not know how to get rid of it. You don't know how to get rid of the guilt. Well, the cross will do that for you. Take it to the cross, nail it to the cross. You won't feel guilty after you've been today in this place because Jesus will forgive you. do this one as the last one we'll nail to the cross and then we'll go through the last few. Are you feeling not loved this morning? Do you feel that nobody loves you? Do you feel that nobody's ever loved you? But you need to be loved. Well, there's two lovers in here for you this morning. The first and least important is the person sat next to you. Because the person sat next to you if they proclaim to be a Christian in this place, they will love you. They will love you. 
And the second one is Jesus. Because he does love you. He always has loved you. Always will love you. Feeling not love this morning? Nail it to the cross. Can we put that back up, I own? Is that okay? And so I've got some more here, but uh, the time won't allow us to continue. No job. Are you struggling without a job? Are you struggling without money? Barry's already spoke about money this morning. Are you struggling for money? Friends, are you struggling for friends? Are you lonely? Are you jealous of somebody? Are you jealous that Mr. Jones next door has now got an Audi A5? I've got family here. I've got no justification. Something might have happened to you that, that isn't fair, that isn't right, and you know is not fair and not right. And you can't find, but it seems to be that you're not being justified. It seems to be that there's no answer coming your way. Nail it to the cross. Here's a big one. You may have been abused. Physically or sexually abused. Let me tell you, church and friends, the only answer is Jesus. There is no other answer. Nail it to the cross. Here's what we often don't think about being left out. You, fell, you fell, feel that you've been left out, that others are included, but you're not included. Nail it to the cross. And the last one, and there's so many more that we could think of, church, burnout. That you are at a place of having nothing left to give. You're shattered mentally and physically, and you've got nothing left. Nail it to the cross, church. And so, this man went to this cross and shed his blood for every single person, man, woman, and child in this room today. Can you recognize any of these that we've nailed to the cross this morning that you know you've got a nail to the cross? Because by doing that, you're set free. You're set free. Remember last week, and this proves that I was listening to the uh, sermons online, you've got to speak it out when peace like a river. It is well. It is well. You can't listen to those voices that say, it's not well. What you do this morning is you nail all these things. In Jesus' name, I nail them to the cross. 
where I know you shed your blood for me, where I know that you gave your everything for me, and I, from this day forward, now that I've nailed it to the cross, I am now going to go forward, not backwards or sideways. I'm going to go forwards and I'm going to declare that these things are finished with. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So if he said it's finished, it means that your issues, your problems, they're finished too. <laughs> 